0: Welcome to Conversations with Anna Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Emily Tillis. She is a registered dietitian who is navigating a full-time job, having her own business, and finding the time for balance in her personal life. Emily shares her tips on what to do if you want to start your own business and have that work life balance. Please enjoy my conversation with Emily. Meeting you, at Fancy this year. That was so fun to meet you in person. It's like, I, I thought it was so interesting because how you are on social media is exactly how you are in person. I think you're doing a fantastic job communicating your personality, your expertise. I just love the whole package so I think it was great to meet you
1: well that was a really awesome event so like thank you for holding that because I was just like so excited I was like I gotta go I was like bringing my friends I was like we have to go meet and we have to go um and so it was really, i was so happy that we were able to meet up there, but like, yeah, on my social media, you know, like from working with a mentor and everything and just, I want to be, I guess you could say like the person's friend or someone that they can like confine in. And it's no fun if you're completely different on social media than you are in real life. So I try to like bring that into everything I do. Like I'm a goofy person, I'll do whatever, <laughs> but I'm very, very extroverted. So it's like, I want to be able to talk to people and that's what I try to bring.
0: Well, you do great. I feel like honestly, like even in your stories and stuff, like I'm sitting there chatting with you. It's Good. just like a conversation.
1: So, that means we're doing something right. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I also, I was laughing because I was thinking about you today and I was thinking about when you went on vacation and you got sunburned and even how you shared those moments with everyone.
1: It's, you know, I, every single time I go on vacation, I seem to get sunburned and I post about it. Cause I'm, I put sunscreen on and my cousin texts me every single time. And she's like, you got to take care of your skin too. And I was like, I'm wearing sunscreen. I promise. I'm <laughs> I promise.
0: <laughs> well, it's, good, it's good to humanize yourself. And you're like, I'm trying to do the right thing. It's just not working.
1: Right. Exactly. I applied it three times. I swear. <laughs>
0: Well, I would like. I know we didn't get a lot of time to chat um, at at Fancy, but I'd love to get to know more about you. Kind of, maybe let's go back to when you kind of got interested, or when you started to kind of notice that nutrition and dietetics was something that you wanted to pursue as your profession.
1: Yeah. So when I was in ninth grade, um, I was on the JV basketball team at my high school and we were not very good. I think we won maybe two games that year. Um, but I love basketball and in my head, I thought it was great and I was not good at all. I rode the bench all six years. Um, but you know, I was like taking this. So st- right. Exactly. You know what? I did something. Um, but you know, we were in practice one day and it was, I think like halfway through our season and our coach was like, all of you are too out of shape to play basketball. This is why you guys keep getting beat up and down the court. No one is in shape here. And, you know, being a little 14, 15 year old girl and who loved basketball and who just wanted to play, I really, really took that to heart. I was like, okay, well, you know what? If this is what our coach wants us to do, then this is what I'm going to do. And that kind of like spiraled into an eating disorder. Really, I started exercising a lot. Um, I would sit there. I remember sitting there in math class on my scientific calculator um, trying to calculate how many calories that I would have had by lunchtime. And I think most of the time it was like 550. So I was like, all right, I can go home and eat a normal dinner and I'll still be fine. And you know, I, I was on the heavier side. I was never like obese or anything like that. So like some of the weight started coming off. Um, and it was around Easter that year that my parents, we had our family over my parents afterwards or afterwards, like, you know, we're really concerned about you. The family's really concerned about you. So we think we're going to, um, take you to the doctor and see if anything else is going on because, you know, you've lost a lot of weight in the past three months. It was about 30 pounds. Um, so I went to the doctor and he was like, you know, you're actually like, you're within normal weight range right now. So let's just keep an eye on it. Um, and really nothing changed at that point. And so nothing changed as far as my habits and behaviors. I continued to restrict. I remember staying up late at night. I'd be doing crunches and workouts in my room and just not eating very much and really resulted in me not having a lot of energy. I was cold all the time. And then it got to the point where my parents brought me back to the doctors like this is not right. So I had to go see a therapist and I had to go see the dietitian. I was more open to seeing the dietitian because I was like, all right, you know, she talks about food like I like food. Um, And I like went in there a little bit nervous though, because I thought she's going to be like, you're eating awful. Like you're just an awful person because you're doing this to yourself. And she was the most kind and like comforting face that I could have had in that situation. And I really credit her um, for the one that helped like bring me into, I guess you could say remission or like healing me from my eating disorder and helping me form a really good or a better relationship with food because there are definitely still times where it's kind of hard. So after I finished working with her as her patient, I asked, you know, hey, Heather, can I shadow you? And she let me come in and shadow her for a day. And that really got me interested in nutrition. Um, My mom's company works with a lot of dietitians as well. So she was reaching out to this one dietitian, Maria, who works for our county's um, Office of Youth and Aging. It got me in for like an internship with her helping with senior nutrition. And by I think I was a sophomore or junior in uh, high school, I was like, you know, what? I really want to be a registered dietitian. I love how she was able to heal me through food and just changing some of the behaviors and being a really comforting face. And I want to do that for somebody else. So that really, really sparked my interest in nutrition and taking it as like more of like a passion and going to school for it.
0: I think when you have that, that such a personal connection to nutrition, which we all do have a personal connection, but then yours just went one layer, you know, next layer on that. But that does really influence, you know, a career path in nutrition.
1: Right. Because before that, I was like, oh, like maybe I'll go into business or like I like sports. I'll do sports marketing. And like it just never like kept my interest. But I kept going back in my head, especially when I was like looking at schools like, oh, this school has nutrition. Like that sounds really cool. Um, So then I only looked at colleges that had um, nutrition programs. And then even more specifically, because I know I wanted to do the coordinated program. So I only was applying to schools that had the coordinated program because I wanted to be able to get it done in those four years.
0: Mm -hmm. So where did you end up going?
1: I went to Marywood University in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And I I literally, that was the first school that I went and I visited where I was like, this feels like home. Like I could see myself going there. My high school was really small. I graduated with 58. And I think mm -hmm. there was like maybe 400 kids total in my class there. And it just had that small, really good community vibe. And I really, really enjoyed it. And then going into my junior year, I got into the coordinated program. I was one of 10 and then graduated in 2018. Yeah. 2018.
0: You're efficient.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm a very hard worker. <laughs> yeah. And that's, but my, I, I get a lot of that from my parents too, because you know, at one point I was like, Oh, like I'll just do a, like a DPD program and then I can go somewhere with it. And my parents are like, you know what? Like you want the coordinated program because then you can get it done and you can start working. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? Like, you're right. Like, it'll be a good challenge, but that's probably one of the best decisions along with going to Marywood that I could have ever made because I got a job right out of school. I started my business right out of school, um, whereas I love my friends, but some of them were a year behind me. They have, have, haven't have even been at their jobs now for a year.
0: Wow. That's kind of different because then you have very different conversations with your diet and right. friends.
1: Right. Exactly. So like there's, I have like my friends that I was in the coordinated program with and then my friends are in the DPD program with, and it felt like weird when we were in school because it was kind of like, oh, I guess you could say a little bit unfair almost. I was like, I feel like we're ahead of you guys and I feel really bad, but like, I know at the end, we're all just going to be dietitians, So it really doesn't matter. Um, But definitely Mm -hmm. going through school and having like half of your friends not be doing the same experiences that you were, it definitely was like, this is really interesting. But now very happy to hear that they've switched most programs to be the five-year master's in DI, which I'm sure helps a lot of people out.
0: <laughs> that will, that will change. That'll definitely change the landscape of, of dietetics. Absolutely. Like, you know, knowing what you've gone through and wanting to get it done. And then some of the ones that didn't do, do the DPP mm-hmm. program. and then, So that just kind of mainstreams it a little bit more for everybody.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's more, um, you're, I guess you could say making sure that everyone's getting the really good, same experience and exposure. Absolutely, because I mean, being in a coordinated program, my sites are definitely way different from those at the DPD program. And then did their masters at Marywood afterwards. They had, uh, they got to go to Chop in Philadelphia. We went to a children's hospital in Delaware, which was still really cool. But I would have loved to go to Chop. What is Chop? Uh, children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Okay, okay, I wasn't.
0: was yeah. like is that the acronym? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that at least was that's what we call it. <laughs> makes sense. I mean, you're from there, so that makes total sense. Right. Um, but yeah, that would be a completely really different experience if, if with that kind of a hospital setting too.
1: Right. Exactly. And I think they were there for longer as well, where we only got three days at the hospital in Delaware. And it was still really great. I loved that experience. But that's one thing that I really wish I was able to do, but they were only doing that with the DPD or the, the interns afterwards.
0: So we know that you've, you've been a dietitian for a few years now. So when you were thinking about, you kind of said that you started your own business, when you were thinking about Mm -hmm. getting out of school, out of, out of this program, what was, what did you have your sights set on?
1: Well, the first thing that I wanted to do, and I was pretty sure until like November of 2018 was actually sports nutrition. I loved taking the sports nutrition class in college, like in undergrad, and I took it in grad school as well. Um, And I was like, this is the best. Like, I love working with athletes. They're such a really cool population. Their needs are really specific. And it's crazy how much nutrition can um, influence like your performance. So like, this is really cool. And then I got offered a internship with a minor league baseball team. Um, and Ooh. I was almost about to do it. Yeah. I was super excited. And then my mom was like, Emily, I don't know if I want you going to Florida for three months with 40 guys and you'd be the only girl. And I was like, yeah, I was like, but it sounds You're really like, cool. Mom." Good. <laughs> right. But then I, you know, thinking about it, I was like, it sounds like it'd be a lot of fun, but there wasn't any advancement. I could come back the next year as an intern. And I was like, I'm going to be a RD at that point. I don't want to come back again yeah. as another intern. It wasn't going to be sure. a full-time job. So I was like, you know what? I can do this on my own. And that I was offered that in December of 2017. So then in January, I started reaching out to this one gym because I'm from Syracuse, New York. This one gym here um, that my dad has been going to for a while and actually I was like, hey, so you're doing all this like functional movement and everything. You're really focusing on the whole person. But what are you doing when somebody comes to you with nutrition questions? And they're like, um, we have one guy that does precision nutrition. And I was like, it's not the same. Like it, it's not, the quality. It's not the training that a dietitian has. Um, so I was able to work with them. Um, I got my credential in July of 2018 and started taking clients right after I did that. I started taking clients right away. Um, so I worked with them exclusively for a while. Then I was like, you know what? I can do this on my own. Um, so then it's when I started really my own nutrition business. And I still had the idea of wanting to do sports nutrition in the back of my mind, especially since that's what my master's ended up being in was sports nutrition and exercise science. Um, mm-hmm. but then I went to a conference, I guess you could say, um, one of the NFL dietitians came to Syracuse university to speak. And I was like, so excited. And she was really, really good. Very interesting. But then she was like, I work 12-hour days. I haven't had a day off in nine months. And I was like, I'm someone who loves to go on vacation. So this is not going to fly, which only mm-hmm. sparked my fuel even more to start my business.
0: Wow. That is kind of true, though, when you think about going into professional sports, the time commitment that you yeah. have to make.
1: Right. And I'm, I'm someone I like to, I try to travel every few months. And like she was saying like she can't do that. And I was like, it would be really cool to say, you know, I work with an NFL team or an MLB team, but I don't want to give up something that I love just to kind of like say that I could do, I did that. You know, I love traveling and I love being able to see other cultures and do different things and experience different things. But to what point is me saying, you know what, I'm not going to travel just because of this job.
0: That's so true. And I think that's great that you've learned that so early on in your career, because I think sometimes you know, as newer dietitians, we're so excited about every opportunity and we feel like we have to say yes to everything, Mm -hmm. you know? And you do have to really take into consideration what you first, you see your life being.
1: Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And I I knew like after that, like I talked to my mom and she's like, well, what does that do for your master's? I was like, I'm still going to finish it. Like I'm already halfway through. Um, And Mm -hmm. I still use a lot of the stuff from that I learned um, with my master's, but It's not in the same capacity that I originally thought I was going to when I started that program.
0: We're all athletes, right? So you can find the athlete in anybody. So you can apply that, right? (laughs) Exactly.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of what I learned was more like high-level fueling. But like fortunately, a lot of my clients are marathon runners, distance runners. So I'm absolutely able to apply a lot of that like learning and training to them as well. So that's something when they bring it up on our like discovery call together, they're like, oh, you know, I'm training for this race. I was like, well, that's great. You know, I love sports nutrition. My master's is in sports nutrition. I can help you out.
0: And that's, and that's, you'll attract those clients because you have that expertise
1: as well. Exactly. Exactly. Because everyone is an athlete.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Everyone is an athlete. That's my theory. I try to tell myself I'm one. I know I'm not really one, but I'm kind of, (laughs) kind of (laughs) one. Uh, so tell me what it's like being a, a new dietitian and starting your own private practice. Was it hard? Was it overwhelming? What kind of things did you do to, to get that started?
1: It was definitely overwhelming and kind of scary because I was like, all right, oh, what do I do? Like, I'm a dietitian. How do I get clients now? How do I, you know, make my programs and everything? And I'm really thankful that I started working with that gym. Um, almost two years ago because they really helped me build my nutrition programs and what I wanted to teach the clients and everything I have. The first three months are all laid out as far as education and everything and what we're covering and habit-based building. Um, But then I realized that I could be making so much more on my own. And that's when I really pivoted to start making the Nourish with Emily brand Um, because I was like, I can do this on my own and I can do it even better than rather than just in person. Cause that's what the gym was. I want to be able to reach more people. So it was kind of like still tough in the beginning from switching from in person clients to virtual clients. Cause I was like, okay, where do I find these clients now? Because at the gym they were funneling their people to me. So I had a steady stream of clients, a good busy schedule, but then switching to doing it on my own and being virtual, I was kind of like stuck and confused. So that's when I started following other dietitians. Um, and that's actually when I ended up hiring my mentor, Tony Stefan almost like a year and a half ago now, back in December of 2018, because I was like, you're clearly doing something right. And I need your help. Um, and that's really, really helped me. It's I'm never been afraid, I guess you could say to ask for help because I know in the end, it's not a handout. It's a hand up. It's going to just bring me to the next level and help me help more people.
0: And I'm glad that you, um, you know, are saying that you reached out to somebody because I feel like you do navigate that space and you're like, oh, I can learn it and I can figure it out on my own. But there's so much stuff and there's how do you narrow it down? And so you're right to find a person that can help you just push all that stuff out of the way and just zone in is so smart. Exactly.
1: In the time too. I mean, I'm sure that I could have learned how to take payments and how to do like my sales calls better, like, you know, by watching YouTube videos, but not many of the things that are out there aren't dedicated to dietitians. And so he was offering something, that this is for dietitians and he was able to do it and he helped me replicate that. And that's why I was like, definitely want to do this. I definitely need someone to help me. And now I'm like, yeah, I'm investing in myself and my business all the time. I can never ask somebody to invest in me without me investing in me too. That's so true.
0: Well, and you should do that with everything in life, right? Oh, as far absolutely, as like going yeah. on vacations and you yeah, know, exactly. for yourself, you have to do that. It's so important. Um, and I know that you, and I think, so as far as like being an entrepreneur and having your own business, I know that as, a younger dietitian, you do work a full, a a full-time job, right? And do this business on the side. So maybe I think a lot of, you know, when you're looking at social media, a lot of dietitians are like, oh my gosh, she has her own business. How does she sustain this? And maybe talk about like being able to kind of juggle that for the meantime until you can Mm kind of start putting everything into your business and how that's okay to do.
1: It's been um, definitely something I had to get used to and I had to really own my schedule because when I first started with my business back last January, um, it was kind of just like I'll see clients whenever and wherever and I'll just throw them into my schedule and it would result in me talking to people, having my client calls every single night and just being drained. And it was Mm -hmm. like, you know, this is a long day. I'm at work at 8 a.m. And I'm technically not off work now until 9 p.m. Um, so it had to take a lot of discipline to say like, okay, I'm only taking my client calls on Tuesday and Thursday. And also realizing too, that it's the success, the success is not going to happen overnight, which was something really, really hard for me to understand. Especially when I first started my business, I was like, all right, I'm in business. Where are the clients? Cause I don't have any right now. Um, Mm -hmm. and it was very, very frustrating, but then, you know, it's just, I had to put in the reps and I had to stay consistent on social media, start reaching out to people, Um, And really using my time wisely. But I knew in the end, because I still had my full-time job that, okay, maybe if I didn't hit, you know, a certain client mark by this month, or if I didn't make this revenue goal, I am at least still bringing in money. So it's not sacrificing my quality of life or me saying I can't do something now because, oh, I didn't bring any clients in this month. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's been easier for me to kind of like, I guess you could say be more rigorous with my schedule and, but also be more conscious of it and set it with having the full-time job because I'm someone who's like always having to be doing something. Um, So it's like, I have to now be really super, super smart with my schedule to make sure that I'm getting everything done, but I'm also not taking away from my full-time job when I'm there because I'm there, I'm working. I'm there at that point. I'm not my own employee until I leave for the day at four. Um, So Mm -hmm. it's definitely a lot of schedule building, And kind of set those boundaries to making sure that I'm still doing everything that I can for my business, but also knowing that, you know, at the end of the day, I do still have my full-time job that even if I have one bad month, that doesn't mean that I'm a bad dietitian or that doesn't mean that I'm not making any money because I'm still doing my full-time job too.
0: And I think that's such a good point about schedule. I think that's the hardest part about, you know, is figuring out your schedule just in life and in general, but then adding on, you know, a full-time job and maybe something that you enjoy doing on the side and figuring that all out so you're not burned out because that can happen really fast, you know, at an early part of your career.
1: Yeah. And I started to see too, you know, um, when I wasn't really on top of my schedule and I wasn't setting those boundaries, especially between my full time job and my business, you know, relationships started to suffer. My family, I would come down and hang out with them on the weekends, but I'd bring my laptop and be sitting there doing work. And it's like, I don't want to do that. I want to be able to say, like, no, this is not business time. This is family time. I'm going to hang out with them or be with my friends and not feel like I have to be on Instagram or have to be doing whatever because it's not fair to them if I'm not there completely. And that's where the schedule really, really helps a lot.
0: Do you feel with your business or do you feel, and maybe this is just advice from your experience, like when you think about the clients that you take and how you utilize your time, are you focusing on a certain type of client or right now, are you willing to kind of, you know, work with anyone?
1: It's a toss up, I guess you could say. Um, I definitely have like an ideal client in mind of who I want to work with and who my messaging is for, especially in my Facebook group and on my Instagram, TikTok, all of that. Um, but if I feel really comfortable with somebody and you know they feel like they would be a really good client, although they're not my ideal client, they aren't between the ages of 20s and 30s and 40s, they might be a little bit older, but I know they'll do the work and I know they'll be a really good client, then Absolutely. I'm not going to say, no, I can't help you because you're not 20 years younger. But if, mm-hmm. if it feels right to me, then absolutely. Um, and it's, it's hard definitely in the beginning because you do have to take everybody um, within reason, as long as you know that they're going to be a good client. Um, but as you, yeah. as you advance, <laughs> it's definitely your messaging is towards someone in particular. And you may attract other people along the way and just making sure that they are going to be a good fit for you and your program.
0: That's what those discovery sessions are for, right? You can kind of yep. gauge how the whole process is going to go with your client.
1: Oh, yeah. And there's, there's like key questions I ask, you know, like, are you, do you work well with accountability? You know, do you have a strong support system at home? And if someone's like, no, my significant other doesn't let me do anything. I have to check with them first and we eat out all the time, then it probably won't be a good fit. And sometimes you have to have that honest truth and say, you know what, I don't think I'm the coach for you, but there might be someone else that's out there that can help you. Let me pass your name along.
0: I love that idea of doing a discovery session because there, you know, there is not a one size fits all for a dietitian and for a client. So it's good to be honest and, and definitely have that, you know, conversation prior to working together.
1: Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's boxes that I need them to check in my mind, but also too, if they're coming to me and they're looking for a meal plan, or if they want me to tell them um, what to eat all the time, or I don't know, like a fad diet or something, then I'm not the dietitian for them. I do more so behavior-based coaching and habit changes. So if they're asking me, I need a strict um, macro schedule and I want this down to the 10th of the macro, it's like, that's not me. I'm sorry. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I love that. I love that you've kind of kind of made those boundaries with your, with your business too. So what is, what is the future of your business look like? What are you thinking as far as what you would like to do with your career?
1: So I am hoping maybe within the next year, I'm really, really hoping that I'll be able to go full-time in my business. It's more so going to be convincing my parents that I'm going to be okay uh, <laughs> because they're like, your job is so safe. And I'm like, I know I love my full-time job, but it's not filling up my cup. At the end of the day, yeah. it's not like I love my residence. I work at a long-term care facility, um, but it's not something that gives me a lot of purpose at the end of the day because I don't feel like I'm using my nutrition education to the fullest. I can't sit there and educate our 107-year-old on why she should be eating beans over chips because at 107, <laughs> she can eat whatever the heck she wants to. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, So ideally, 100% go um, and be my own boss and really grow my business. Right now, I have 18 clients and my schedule is pretty busy. Um, I'm hoping to cap that soon and possibly look into starting a group program so I can help more people and have that also funnel into my one-on-one coaching program.
0: That sounds exciting. And you do everything. Do you do everything virtually or do you do in person?
1: It's a lot of my clients are around the Syracuse area, um, but it's all virtual based. I did have an in-person event for them a couple weeks ago. I took them to one of the area yoga studios. Um, I built a relationship with the lady that runs it. So now she's actually one of my clients as well. Um, But she was like, yeah, you can come in and we'll do a class for free. And I got them little gifts and everything. Um, So although there's a lot in my area, Um, they're still all virtual based and especially, you know, right now the coronavirus and everything, I'd want people to be at home. I don't want them bringing their germs to me.
0: (laughs) Well, and I feel like, you know, I feel feel like virtual, um, you know, telehealth, all that stuff. I feel like that's the way to, I don't know, maybe you can offer some insight in that, but I feel like people just are so, you know, time constraint. And so Mm -hmm. if you can catch them at their home or catch them when they're on a break or, And if they don't have to travel that it just, I feel like there's just so much better. I don't know. I feel like there's better success with those visits.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then too, I mean, it's definitely lower cost to me as the business owner. I'm not renting out of space. I'm not paying for the utilities and everything, but I try to tell people on our discovery calls. like, So when do we meet in person? And I'm like, you know, it's all going to be virtual based. I might do client meetups. Um, but this is really for you because you don't have to then block out a half an hour to come drive to my office, sit with me for an hour and then block off another half an hour. There's two hours of your day gone when you could have just been on the computer with me for an hour, clicked off and went and had dinner. Um, so yeah. really... Showing them oh, that you know this is going to give you more time than having to go somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. And too, I mean, it's not like they're not connected with me between our calls. I have all my clients in Slack, so I get messages from them all day. I have one client right now that's sending me pictures of her food all day long, and I don't. You wouldn't be able to do that if you only saw people in person, because I think most in person brick and mortar, they're not texting their clients or having that connection. Whereas this offers them that added accountability in between their calls. Do you
0: find, um, so which do you use? Is Slack your pa- platform that you use for all of your, te- your virtual calls and, and information?
1: So I use Zoom for my virtual calls. Slack is like the community aspect that's only my clients in there, that's different from my Facebook community. Um, and then um, I do, yeah, Zoom, Slack, and then I house all of their education and everything in Google Docs. Okay. That way they have their own little folder and it's all squared away. I, I need to switch it over to like practice better or healthy, but I need to do some more research to figure out which is going to be best for me.
0: Right. Right. To make that investment. Do you, I know that I was just having a discussion with another um, dietitian, like during this time period with the pandemic about, do you use the professional Zoom instead of the basic Zoom because it's more HIPAA protected or since you're doing more nutrition education, how does that work?
1: Um right now I just use the basic Zoom. I am going to be upgrading it to the professional one because I want to do more so like group education calls. Um but yeah, right now it's just the basic Zoom. Okay. Cuz technically I-, I market it as a, I don't market it as medical nutrition therapy. I market it as nutrition yeah. coaching. Right. And
0: that's what I was what I thought like as long as it's nutrition education or nutrition coaching, then it, you can mm-hmm. use the basic Zoom, but if it's MNT, you have to upgrade to that professional one.
1: Yeah. And I I don't market it or call it M&T at all. Yes. Good plan. Good plan, sister. <laughs> Covering <laughs> my butt
0: For sure. <laughs> well, I think, I think everything that you're doing is awesome. Um, I think that it's always good to hear the perspective of someone that's just kind of new and starting their own business and, you know, seeing how that's going and getting just your insight as well as, you know, hey, I'm still working another job. I'm trying to figure it all out. Because I think, you know, everyone needs to hear that it's, you can do that for a while until yeah. you kind of figure out where you're going to go.
1: Right, exactly. And, you know, I've known, I've known so many other dietitians who that started their business while working their full-time job and just realized, you know what, I really don't want to have my own business. I like my full-time job. I like that track. And that's completely fine. There's no shame in that whatsoever. You know, and that Whatever business isn't for cup. everybody.
0: Yeah. Whatever fills your cup, that's what you have exactly. to do. Mm-hmm. yep and it's good that you figured it out so early you know like you figured it out early
1: i'm still figuring it out I'm, i'll be 24 <laughs> next month so i still got, still got a lot of figuring that's it out to so, do but <laughs> so much time. yeah I, i'm content <laughs> now that's all that matters is i'm content <laughs> good. That's good.
0: Well, I definitely am going to include your, your handles for your, um, you know, your social media in the show notes. So if people want to connect with you, please reach out to Emily. If you have questions or just want to chat about what she's doing, I'm sure you'd be very willing to chat with them.
1: Yeah. more than happy. That's awesome.
0: All right. You ready for some quick fire questions?
1: Yes. Let's do this.
0: Okay. (laughs) Uh, share Share with me some of the foods that you enjoy.
1: Oh, I love gnocchi with pesto sauce. Could eat that every single day of my life. Um, a go-to lately has been Caesar salad and French fries and pizza oh. for all day, every day. <laughs> I could eat those like things all the time. And coffee, come on.
0: Your your my plate would be very interesting, right? You'd like it. my oh. food groups are.
1: <laughs> well, see, for my graduation cap for college, I actually put my plate on the cap, and I think it was. Um, Queso, pasta, wine, and coffee, and then a glass of milk oh on the side. God. I love it. <laughs> and it that says my plate Michael. right on there. <laughs> right, exactly.
0: It's like, it's perfect. <laughs> uh, what kind of beverages do you enjoy?
1: I love a good glass of Chardonnay, um, but I'm also a fan of like fruity beers and gin and tonics when I'm out in New York City are my jam.
0: Mm, I... Summer is coming, and I always think of gin and tonics for the summer. Yeah, with
1: extra lime. Oh, they're so best. <laughs> That's a
0: must. <laughs> so refreshing. Yes. Um, <laughs> what kind of scents and smells do you enjoy?
1: Ooh, um, I love like the. I guess you could say like the pine scent around Christmas time, or like the frosted mm-hmm. trees. I guess you could say. Um, I also mm-hmm. love the pumpkin pie smell, and. um I have like this one perfume that I love. I don't, I think it's like Marc Jacobs Daisy. It's like, I could just smell that all day long. It's just so good. So it's like floral, I guess you could say, food and trees. <laughs> That's
0: a good combination of scents. <laughs> um, things that you enjoy listening to. <laughs> There's some things that you enjoy listening I love country to? music.
1: Yeah, country music is a big one. I actually also love 80s alternative music. Um, my mm-hmm. parents have it on all the time in the car. So I have like, I'm a big now 80s alternative fan, you know, Duran Duran, the Pet Shop Boys. Um, and I also really like listening to podcasts a lot. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately. I feel like it's such a good
0: classroom. Podcasts are like my schooling.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And there's so many like really good and interesting ones out there. I really like stuff you should know because it's like really random, but it's like telling you the history of like schizophrenia or, you know, um, there was one about like flight attendants the other day. Like that was really cool.
0: (laughs) Things that you would never seek out, but they just happen to be there.
1: Ooh, that's a good question. Do you mean like things like physical objects or like opportunities?
0: Oh, I was thinking about like your podcast the way you talk about uh, the stuff that oh, you
1: know. Oh, oh I was going to say, oh. Um, n- never, I mean, it never really crosses my mind. It's kind of just like, oh, wow, that sounds like it's kind of cool. I, they did one on like game shows and I was like, ooh, that's, that's a really random one. But it's more so like I take recommendations from people. Um, I want to listen to Dirty John because I've been watching that on Netflix and I heard that one's really good.
0: Ooh, I'll have to look at both of those.
1: Yeah, Stuff You Should Know, is, it's a really good one.
0: Um what when you think about what in your life brings you joy, what things bring you joy?
1: I would say uh spending time with my family. I really I am lucky to have such a like a loving and caring family with my parents and my brother and um traveling. I could I would be so content if I could just travel everywhere and never like be at home, although I love home. Um I love just going to different and new places. Um, we were in St. John in the Virgin Islands a few weeks ago, and I just felt so at ease and just so comfortable and happy there. Like I didn't have any stressors or worries. Um, it's just something that's very, very calming to me. And it's always, I'm always ready to like, you know what? Let's book a flight somewhere. Let's stay at this nice hotel because it's the experiences that I really, really enjoy. And my dog too.
0: Uh, what's your dog's name?
1: Mr. Magoo. He's a long haired dachshund. He just turned three last month
0: Uh uh-huh cute cute where's your next trip plan when you can trip when you can travel
1: well I'm supposed to go to El Paso at the end of this month so I'm hoping that's still on one of my um good dietitian friends lives there but if that is not the case I am going to California um to like Orange County in August
0: very good well that sounds exciting well thank you so much for Thanks so much for sharing um, your journey so far. If we ever talk again, I'm sure a lot of things will change. And I hope (laughs) people reach out if they have questions.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much, Anne, for having me on. This has been really, really fun.
0: I appreciate how Emily is very mindful about how she's using her time. And it is a struggle to find the balance between her two jobs. But knowing that her business is what fills her cup. Whatever you're doing in your career, you truly need to find what fills your cup. If you want to connect with Emily and maybe talk about that, you can find the link to her website in the show notes, and I highly recommend following her on social media, especially on Instagram. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.